You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. Today we are going to air a student podcast produced this summer by Evelyn Flores and Jade Mako for part of my Sports Discourse in Media and Society class. We ran uh, an episode earlier with some students that produced a podcast on skateboarding. And this episode from Evelyn and Jade is about sports teams visiting the White House, the history of that event, and some of the conversation going on now with teams and athletes visiting the White House. Hope you'll enjoy. If you do enjoy, make sure that you leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about it. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And our new website is up and running. You can find everything you need there at wearesportsnerds.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we hope you enjoy this episode from Evelyn and Jade. Welcome you to the J&E Podcast, where we will be ah, okay. addressing a hot this, topic this in the sports that world that seems to be taking center stage once our sports champions are crowned. The amazing question is, to visit the Oval Office or not to visit? That is the question. Our champions have, have the choice to go to the nation's capital, but only if they are invited by the big man himself. Seems like the invitation portion itself never used to be much of a problem up until recently. And the choice to go was never really a question either. So what in the world happened to what seemed to be an American tradition? I found out not too long ago that the individual athletes in the past would refuse to go to the Oval Office with their teams. But it never was really an issue. I mean, Larry Bird denied in 1984, Michael Jordan denied in 1991, James Harrison, Tim Thomas, Matt Burks, Tom Brady, they all denied, but it was never making center news. Or was it an account for the whole entire team not being invited to the Oval Office? So what happened when... President Trump decided to become the president, and now we're dealing with this issue. I think that we should re- we really need to take a look into where this tradition originally began, and what is the history behind it. I think there's a lot there that people just don't know or don't understand and don't get why this has become a, a tradition. We need to know what kind of impact this is making. Is it a positive impact, or is it negative repercussions we're looking at? I think it's all negative repercussions right now. We're already dealing with a lot of other issues in our political parties and having the president revoke the rights to sports teams win national championships to come to the White House as more more than anything else. I mean, it's his ego. And what winning a national championship is, is you're winning it for your nation. And for the president to withdraw invitations because he has his own issues towards certain players, it's just not, it's not American. No, it's not right. Like you said, too, I mean, there's so many more issues that the president should be worrying about that a simple visit to the White House shouldn't be that big of a deal. It should be something that you you honor. You do these for the athletes. They're doing this for the country itself. They're making they're bringing unity. Right. And I mean, yes, in the past, there have been a lot of players that have withdrawn their invitation. But in all of those instances, it was one or two players and none of the presidents ever looked at it as like, oh, well, I don't want to invite the whole entire team because one person didn't talk well about me. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to keep it PC here, people. Uh, Didn't talk well about me. But the reality is, is like Trump 
ego is being hurt, and that's it. I mean, if it was Obama or any of the other presidents, I mean, President Bush, Michael Jordan didn't even show up because he didn't really care for President Bush, but President Bush didn't withdraw all invitations after the fact. Yeah. Why is it okay for Trump to decide that he's just going to start putting a nix to one of the biggest compliments and nationally recognized traditions in our society? Absolutely. So I think it's really important that as we talk about tradition and where did this actually all begin, we should look into the history of what happened. Who started this? Why were they invited in the first place? Exactly. Why do we celebrate world champions? It is a really interesting story behind it all, and I don't think many people actually know about it. I think it's always just kind of been written, unwritten rule in the White House that you always invite national champions, but it was created about 150 years ago by a gentleman named Arthur Pugh Gorman, who had become very close friends with vice president at the time, and then became president Andrew Johnson. He became president right after uh, the after the assassination of President Lincoln. During the year of the assassination of President Lincoln, Gorman had become very close friends with Andrew Johnson. Uh, Mr. Gorman was a very ambitious man. That's when um, he had made the decision that he no longer wanted to be a player on the baseball diamond, but decided to be on the more of a business aspect of the game. Gorman was the start of creating what we know now as the MLB empire. What he did was because they were losing so much revenue and people actually showing up, he changed how the stadium was set up. He started putting in viewing areas and allowing areas for women that would feel comfortable standing and watching the game. He also started charging a dollar per game, which was unheard of. Wasn't it all of like a dime to get into games prior to prior to this big t- ticket hike? Yeah, it was 10 cents for admissions. Better be one hell of a fucking, <laughs> it better be one hell of a game for a 90% inflation. No kidding. So what Art Gorman started to create is basically what they say now is the modern owner's playbook. He built new stadiums, signed free agents, and expanded the fan base and jacked up the ticket prices. Thank you for that. Now I see why uh, opening t- opening uh, game tickets can cost an upwards of $100 for tickets that are usually charging about five, six bucks. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you for my overpriced beer. But that's aside. The reason why all of these teams started being introduced into the White House was because of one of Gorman's famous moves. He was trying to get more notoriety and getting more players to come over and um, also having more fans obviously, to hike up the revenue cost. So what he did was basically try to create a playoff system. This was a playoff system that he tried to get from the teams in the North to play against the teams in the South to really determine who was the better team in the country. He went as far as offering these teams, the North teams, um, to pay off their hotel stays, their food, pay on pretty much an all-inclusive trip just to be able to have this dream of the playoff system. Yeah, he actually uh, was paying all of the players a substantial bar bill as far as paying for all of their drinking. So he was definitely getting the players over there. That's some good drinking. I, I, would, I, would, I would up that. That's my I would kind of man right there. <laughs> yeah. So, Gorman, where's my beer? Right. But what happened was uh, the first couple of games went off well. However, this idea of having the national playoffs failed when he had the Atlantics play the Athletics. Because the Atlantics were a 
better known team from Philadelphia, they had balked at the idea of even playing the athletics at the president's grounds because they believed that they wouldn't generate enough money for it to be worth their time. They also had another game in Baltimore, so they kept the money that Art had given them, but then didn't play. As a consolation prize for the other teams that were playing and Gorman's whole idea of how to make this the new the new trend and not lose all faith in the idea of actually getting to have playoffs in another season. So as a consolation prize, he called up his good friend, the president of the United States, Andrew Johnson at the time, and asked if the Atlantics and the Washington Nationals could go to the White House and meet the president instead of being able to play out to find out who's the best of the best. Talk about having friends in powerful places, right? Right. And what they stated about this is they said it was a consolation prize and that it was only a modest one for the players, which is kind of interesting because wouldn't you think the White House would be this great honor? Like the trumpets blaring, bum ba da dum Right, but at the time, it was just kind of like, all right, cool. I think that the players really just wanted to win, which has been kind of brought out lately with a lot of our players now today because they they don't care about going to the White House. No. They just want to win and prove that they're the best of the best, right? Right. So is really the White House that important? Well, I mean, for them, it was a consolation prize. But, I mean, that was right at the beginning of this potential tradition at that point beginning right whereas now it's an i find it more of an expectation that absolutely there should be but not I mean, only that i mean it's our nation right and our president is doing a rep- great job <laughs> keeping us together he, he's representing our nation so shouldn't we be supporting all of the teams that are proving that we are national champions right and giving them the rights that are due in my opinion, that's how I feel. Absolutely. Even if they don't want to show up. They should have the option. They should have the invitation for accomplishing world champion status or accomplishing being the best in, the, in their own respects, in their own time frames. So after that initial invitation by President Johnson for the Nationals and the Atlantics, he started to notice that his popularity was beginning to increase due to the fact that he was around those teams. And at the time, baseball was a pastime for all Americans. Because President Johnson had come into office due to the assassination of President Lincoln, he was already facing a lot of... A lot of criticism. A lot of criticism. A lot of criticism, a lot of... Unsupportive Americans. Yeah. Most people wanted him to be impeached. He was running for his next year. Nobody was really supporting him. And so he started utilizing the opportunity of the fact of doing photo shoots and other press releases showing his American, his Americanism, his nationalism. His his patriotic. Yeah. His patrioticness. Is that a word? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Patrioticness. His patrioticness um, by showing his support towards baseball. And this is what has been kind of leveraged since then with presidential candidates, presidential presidents, is they utilize sports as a way to show that they are just like every other American. Yes. After that, presidents looked at the opportunity to show that they're just another American by using photo shoots and press releases showing that they showed up to games, that they supported our national teams. 
The first, the first president to invite a professional baseball team was Ulysses S. Grant in 1869, which was the Cincinnati Red Stockings. In 1963, John F. Kennedy invited the first basketball team to the White House, the Celtics. Well, you know what's interesting about that is that in 1963, when they were invited, it wasn't because they were um, at national championship stat. It's actually the reason why they were invited was because John F. Kennedy found this to be one of the most dominant decades of all American sports. Ooh. In 1980, President Jimmy Carter started to really shake it up. He invited two teams to the White House, one the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this was the first Super Bowl team to be invited to the White House. Damn, talk about a hell of a run for these teams, but I think right. they had one more in 11 years. Yeah, in 1991, George W. Bush invited the first National Hockey League champion team to the White House. It was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh was really rocking it out there. They sure were. Well, what is that? Baseball, football, hockey in 11 years. Talk about wanting to, to be born and raised in Pittsburgh in this time. But as we were talking about at the very beginning, and what is so controversial right now is the fact that players are opting out to not come and the president is opting not to invite them. But as we were saying, there have been players in the past that haven't shown up, such as in 1984, Larry Bird, as I mentioned earlier, from the Boston Celtics, he was invited. Um, his famous quote was, the president knows where to find me. There was rumors that a couple of the players had partied a little too hard the night before and had decided not to show up, showing that maybe it wasn't more political than anything else. Another player that didn't show up for that invitation was Cedric Maxwell, who had said that he wasn't able to attend because he was planning for a wedding that he was going to be in slash getting married in one week. Later, he made a quote saying that he wished he would have gone to the White House. It would have saved him a lot of money in the long run. I'm right there with him. I mean, <laughs> if you can save some serious money, save money on that wedding. I mean, I would I would have gone to the White House visit. Yep. Yeah, apparently that marriage did not last as long as Cedric's memories of being at the White House would have. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And there have been a couple other players. Michael Jordan didn't attend. Um, instead, he decided to go to Hilton Heads and play golf during one of his invitations to the White House. Priorities. It was also said he never made any kind of political statement towards it. So it only goes with the press media deciding whether or not it was, you know, his own opinions or something else. Gotcha. And I don't think it was until 2011... When Mr. Tim Thomas, the goalie of the Bruins and the Stanley Cup hero that year, ignited the political spark by not attending the visit with his teammates. Uh, Thomas actually stated that he was dissatisfied with American politics as a whole and not specifically targeting Obama's presidency. All of this, get this, off of a Facebook post. <laughs> Which is what our society is at right now since uh, the teams have been disinvited through Twitter by our current president. Uh, you got you got to love Twitter, Facebook. Let me tell you here, though, what Thomas actually wrote. And I quote, I believe the federal government has grown out of control, threatening the rights, liberties, and property of the people. This is being done at the executive, legislative, and judicial level. This is in direct opposition to the Constitution and the Founding Fathers' vision for the federal government. Because I believe this, today I exercised my right as a free citizen and did not visit the White House. This was not about politics or party. 
as in my opinion, both parties are responsible for the situation we are in as a country. This was about a choice I had to make as an individual, and I end quote. Another player who didn't show up because of political views was Tom Brady in 2015. However, I think it was more because he was a little butthurt over a comment that <laughs> Obama had made where he said, I usually tell a lot of jokes at these events, but with the Patriots in town, I was worried that 11 out of 12 of them would go flat. <laughs> You gotta love it. And you gotta love why Brady said he didn't go and what he was actually spotted doing at the same time of the visit. Right. He said that he was having to attend Family Matters, but he was then found in New York looking at products at the Apple Store. I'm telling you, priorities. <laughs> People have certain priorities, and the Apple Store was right up there. Let me tell you, when that, when that, uh, that stuff comes out, you, you gotta be there. Even if you are Tom Brady and you're gonna miss out a visit with the president. Another player who also didn't show during the Obama presidency was Matt Burks. Um, he was the center for the Ravens. He skipped because he did not believe in what Obama said about Planned Parenthood. He quoted, I am a Catholic. I am an active in the pro-life movement. And I just felt like I couldn't deal with that. Given, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be however one's opinion is. And you can choose to add you know, your political views and statements into it and why you're not going, it's and an let, honor. Yeah, and so let's just look at this for a minute, right? Tom Brady, Legrette Blount, Chris Long, and Martellus Bennett, as well as Matt Burke, did not show up when Obama invited them to the White House. However, you didn't see on Twitter, you didn't see a public announcement or anything along those lines of President Obama disinviting the whole entire team or right. even shaming certain players for not having the same opinion as him. If you look back, George W. Bush didn't talk down to Michael Jordan for not showing up. He didn't even make a big deal out of it. Maybe the press did, but it was never approached by the president of the United States. So why is it that our current president is allowing these certain people's opinions to destroy a tradition that's been around for a hundred and I don't I don't get it and I think it goes back to this whole tougher skin issue I think that 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 is our biggest telltale sign I mean oh, yeah I mean, Obama Bush all of these presidents they had some tough skin they did not take it as an offensive act against them and why should they I mean they have a million different parties that are hating them at any given time why is it that our national teams all of a sudden are so offensive towards our current president that he can't handle that so it's like you were saying it's a tradition, a tradition that's been standing for 150 years why is it that president our presidents in the past did not take such offense to it because they had some tough skin right I mean they had tough skin but also we're talking about national teams and yes they have huge influences in our society little kids grow up in hoods and bad areas and they look towards certain players as their heroes role models these are people that when you're in the most stressful time of your life you can always turn on the tv and watch them and just lose yourself in it and so they have become a national pastime. All of these teams, all of these games have. We look to them when everything else is not going well. It's our escape. It's, it's our, our escape. It is our escape. And so for the president, our current president, to take his own personal issues or his own ego issues to the point where he's not even inviting them to the Oval Office, 
what is that really saying about our nation? What is that really saying about him caring about our society right now? Why are his concerns so heavily on being offended by an athlete? Shouldn't he be a little more concerned about, I don't know, things with other countries? Right. With issues that were going on? I mean, just honor what has been going on and what what the American society has considered a tradition and it goes down in history. Honor that. This is not about a pity party. Right. About how my feel, how your feelings are hurt. I'm I know. Sorry. It's ridiculous. And you know, you want to talk about our president and his choices and who he's inviting. He didn't even invite the what was it? The Lynx? The, the the Minnesota Lynx, the, the Minnesota- WNBA champions of 2017. You know, talking about other social issues that maybe the president should be concerned about, since we do have this huge movement going on right now called the Me Too Act. Wouldn't you have thought it would be interesting for him to actually invite the Minnesota Lynx, which is a professional women's basketball team? Basketball team? Absolutely. He, he didn't even invite them. I mean, talk about just and the, really putting an emphasis on where his concept of importance and like he's. It seems like he's more trying to purposely divide us. I mean, why is it that the women aren't even being invited? I don't think um, even the, the national soccer team, I believe the women's national championship team, yeah, also was not invited. Yeah, and not to mention, uh, he didn't invite the women's champion South Carolina team, who was very much looking forward to going. Their coach even stated, it's what national champions do. Of course we want to go. In itself, it's just absolutely horrible. I mean, the coach is going on record saying that, of course, they would go. Of course, they would be there. Right. And the president just doesn't care. So what is this really saying about our society? What is it saying about, I mean, why is it that the football players kneeling is such a disgrace? You're opening up Pandora's box by by choosing to talk about that one. Bring it on. <laughs> I just mean, it is ridiculous. Yes, we have a huge issue going on in society right now. Um, so I think we're just opening up Pandora's box by wanting to talk about this, but it's a really serious issue. It is an issue, and I think that Kaepernick should be allowed to kneel. Absolutely. And as we know, with any big movement, someone's going to have to make a sacrifice, and Kaepernick has is, made a huge sacrifice. He's the, basically blackballed. Yeah, he can't he can't sign with a team to save his life. But he's started up such an uproar about this. And also I think it's important so much of American society believes that with the players kneeling has to do with disrespecting the American flag and that includes military families, fallen heroes, and I feel like that is something we need to make sure that we have correct for the record. Why are they doing this? Right. And if you listen to any of the press conferences from any of the players who have been approached or asked about the fact that they're kneeling, they all say that they support our military. They support the military families. Their issue goes way beyond that. And it has to do what's happening right here in home. You know, we are in a society where we like to look the other way, especially with people who are American citizens but have different color skin. Absolutely. And so just so this way we're, we have a good set reason or know why the players started kneeling or why Kaepernick started kneeling, uh, he did this as a protest, a political protest, but to bring to our attention the police brutality that is taking place in our country. Against African-Americans. And, yeah, and African-Americans as well. So th- it's such a, a disconnect that... It, 
that is happening right now between African Americans and the rest of our society that they are being put um, in this situation where they shouldn't be. Political justice isn't being served. Right. Absolutely. I know I have plenty of friends that I grew up with who are African-Americans and they have to act a certain way, walk a certain way, be a certain way whenever they see police officers be in because they live in a constant fear of being shot or killed by any kind of police officers. So what Kaepernick is trying to approach by doing this kneeling is bringing a social realization of what's going on not in other nations but what's going on right here in our home and i think it was taken pretty pretty far when there was a lot of youtube videos and a lot of social media when people were showing that they were burning down their their jerseys not only of kaepernick but any of the other players that followed suit which honestly um again if you would have looked into it into why this is happening you would understand why it is a protest not against the flag and in my personal opinion, I would never burn an NFL jersey because I sure as hell know that those things are not cheap, <laughs> especially if you're buying an authentic jersey. Those things are very expensive. So, hey, next time you want to burn a jersey, I would suggest that you try to give it to a football fan. I mean, let's let's give that away. <laughs> but I guess we should look at why they are burning the jerseys, right? right? And so this impact of Kaepernick kneeling and other players kneeling has created enough noticeability that it is making national press conferences. I mean, that's how much these teams reach out to our whole entire United States society. We we look to football players. We watch it every Sunday. We miss going to church. We miss going to family events. Thanksgiving, we're watching the game instead of being around family, right? right. Our nation, we constantly are using football or baseball or anything to define us in some way or another. So it really, if you look at it, these teams define our nation. And I believe that the president, regardless of his own opinions or feeling that he's being disrespected by certain players not showing, he should be looking at it as a whole, as the fact that he still should be Acknowledging these national teams that we all look up to for winning, for putting their best foot forward, for being role models. Exactly. Like you said, they're being role models. So you have certain players that have, have knelt during the national anthem, but because they have, we completely forget of what they have done for the community and what they're striving to do. A lot of these players actually have their own uh, their own funds supporting uh, what what they really want to but because of this act and trying to make a difference, they are not remembered for it. Yeah. And, and I found it interesting that um, this year for the upcoming NFL season, it is now being put into the league policy that all players must stand for the national anthem. Um, if they choose not to, they are looking at a fine from the NFL. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if, what what is our country based on having freedom of speech right having freedom of thought being able to say our opinions and not be killed for them like it's a other peaceful protests exactly it's not like i mean you look at other countries where they kill people for even thinking slightly different than how the political views are there we as a nation do not do that and now we're fining people 
for doing a peaceful protest. Like this is absolutely ridiculous. Right. And when we look, let's let's talk. Let's get back to the Philadelphia Eagles here. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles for the season, not one player from what I can find, not one player knelt during the national anthem. A few of them uh, rose their fists uh, right. for for Black Power. Right. But Trump was using this also as a stepping stone to why he un- he disinvited them. He's saying that the players from the Eagles were kneeling during the anthem. Well, he also later came out that only, what, about 10 players? I mean, I think it was two or three. It was like two or three players. And then the coaching team and the mascot were the only ones that were willing to go see the Trump. See. (laughs) See See the the Trump. Trump. (laughs) I think that's a great way we should refer to him now. The Trump. See the White House. Um, And I think you read somewhere that they actually um, offered to reschedule while Trump was not in office. Yeah, get that. The Eagles even attempted to reschedule the trip for when the Trump was not going to be at the White House. So they still wanted to be honored. They still wanted to. They still wanted the honor that comes with going to the Oval Office. Right. They just just didn't want to see the Trump, the <laughs> Trump, and the Trump uninviting them. As we know, he what did he try? He tried to sing. Was it the national anthem? Or oh yeah, God bless failed. America? One of those failed. Ep- epically failed. So I mean, if you're gonna try to keep us united, I think it's great for you to know the lyrics, know the Maybe. words, or just show that you actually care about our <laughs> our society and uh, our like union of you know. Being Americans and knowing the national anthems, it's kind of one of those things. I feel like that should be kind of a requirement if you're going to run for office. Yeah. I think you should get tested somewhere along right. that <laughs> time. Like, do you know? Absolutely. <laughs> like, before you can be president. You can need... you tell us the right. lyrics? <laughs> Literally, word for word, because you might have to do it at some point. The, the crazy thing, too, is that so the invitation was given to the Philadelphia Eagles and it was revoked. Uh, they weren't the only team to have that happen. It yeah. happened in 2017. Yeah, 2017. Who was it? Was the Celtics? Uh, no, no, it, the Cel- it was the um, the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors were invited to the White House after, of course, reaching their national championship status. I believe what happened was, uh, I quote from President the Trump. The Trump. He said, going to the White House is considered a great honor for a championship team. Stephen Curry is hesitating, therefore invitation is withdrawn. So because one player for the whole entire Golden State Warriors was hesitating on going to the White House, President Trump decided to withdraw the invitation altogether. Why why was he going off of one player on top of, I mean, given... Probably the rest of the team had something that they had to think about, but why single out one player? You know what I found interesting about that, too, is what? that the losing team, you know, was the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, you know, who is their number one star, Mr. LeBron James, came to the defense of uh, Stephen Curry after the Trump decided to tweet that little statement out. Mr. James went ahead and put up, you bum, at Stephen Curry 30, already said he ain't going. So, therefore, ain't no invite. Going to the White House was a great honor until you showed up. <laughs> Gotta love LeBron and his elegancy. But it created <laughs> unity. It did. <laughs> it did. Let's to the Trump. It did. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? This current year, in 2018, 
Again, it was the same two players that were looking at going to the White House, and Stephen Curry and LeBron James both said that they would not go, even if they were invited. Another player who also said that they would not go was Kevin Durant from the Golden State Warriors. And just to take it back a little bit, when we were talking about other players who are using their notoriety for good is Kevin Durant. He works with inner city kids and he does a lot of charities in order to work with them so that they have a better union with police officers. He works with inner city kids that are at younger ages around middle school and he partners up with police departments around those areas and has the kids talk and work with the police officers in order to create a create a respect between the two of them. Wow, that is that is a big step for for a player of his status to be making because like you said he has such high notoriety. Right. And I didn't know that there was someone actually trying to bridge the gap. Absolutely. And that's only one player. That's the most recent one. So obviously it's been shown light because they had just won the national championship. But these players are not saying, you know, fuck the police. They're not saying fuck the government. What they're saying is basically we have an issue in our society. Let's start figuring out ways to fix it as opposed to sweeping it underneath the rug. And if that means that we're not invited to the White House, because we chose to use our stance, our our podium, to show that it is constantly there and it is constantly happening. And to remind everyone, instead of always thinking, oh, well, what's the news today? As opposed to looking at all the issues in the past or why everything isn't getting fixed. This is where they are utilizing it. And this is where they become real national heroes. And I think that's where a lot of people are are forgetting the fact that they are American citizens as well. A lot of times there have been statements that say that these players are just multi-million dollar babies. Yes, they make multi-million dollars, and I would love to make that kind of money, but they are American citizens. They are seeing how this world is going. And I don't think that we should look back at their payroll to classify them as anything. We need to consider the fact that, hey, they're willing to say something, do something, to, to, like you said, bring this issue to to the surface. It's understanding that because they hold a, a powerful position, they're finding a problem. They're going to do what they can. And I don't think, I think too many people are too quick to call them crybabies or too quick to say that they make millions of dollars and maybe they should just keep quiet and leave, leave society the way it is. Society, just in my opinion, what I've noticed in, what, these couple of years, has taken one hell of a turn. Acceptance is not there as much. Equality isn't really there. I mean, we're seeing that in the, in the Oval Office as is, not inviting female players. We're seeing uh, black athletes saying that they don't feel welcome, they don't feel invited, and the first place to go to the Oval Office. Which is a total shame, because when we talk about just even the word, if you look at it, African-American. That's an American citizen. The fact that we have to um, associate them, instead of just being American, they're African-American, has a whole, that's a whole different story. But they're still Americans. So they should feel welcome anywhere. And I believe that's kind of what Kaepernick was trying to make a stance about is, why do African-Americans have to act, look, and dress a certain way in order to not get treated badly? Yeah. Whereas 
white Americans get away with a lot more. They don't have to worry as much, right. I would say. They wouldn't have to worry about how or how you walk by a police officer or how you drive by one. Right. And talking about, I guess, white, not necessarily Americans, but white players, the one team that was invited to the White House was the 2017 National Hockey League champions, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were given the invitation, and because of that invitation, they got put between a hard place and a Trump place. <laughs> the Trump. <laughs> the Trump. When we talk about national teams, there's a lot of diversity on most teams. However, when it comes to hockey, it seems that there's not as much diversity in skin color. In that national team, there was Canadians, Americans, Swedens, Finns, and one Russian. They were all invited to the White House, all with light-colored skin. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting, this if you kinda, ask me. Yeah, it kind of put this whole entire who's getting invited and who's not back into the race game. I mean, that's too big of a coincidence to think that... Uh... And not only that, but the hockey players also made a statement about the fact that they felt like they were damned if they went and they were damned if they didn't. Because most of the players believe in Kaepernick's stance. There's a lot of support from the NHL. However, if they had not gone, what would that be saying about their about their team, about their sport, you yeah. know, about whether or not they respect the fact that they were invited to the White House. Right. And I think it, there was a, a statement by uh, Connor Sheary, uh, the Penguins' left wing, that prior to the visit, he said, I think it's more about the fact that we won the championship and it's tradition to go to the White House. It has nothing to do with who's the president or what decisions he's making. So with that statement alone, I think that that's what should be what we focus on instead of what Trump is focusing on. So he should invite the football team, the baseball team, the basketball team. The women's league. The women's league because they did win. So why is it all of a sudden because a few players don't want to come, the whole entire team is being penalized. penalized. You know what I found funny, too, is that how you said a majority of the team – is uh, made up of what? What? What countries were you saying? The Canadians, Americans, Swedens, Finns, and one Russian. But the thing is that I think there was only maybe two Americans on the team. Yeah, I think it was two Americans, and I found it really kind of funny, the fact that during this um, ceremony, uh, the Trump called them incredible patriots. So <laughs> I mean. I think he later uh, took that statement a little bit back by stating that he didn't realize that there wasn't so many Americans I'm on not, the team. <laughs> I'm not asking you to like know the history of the teams. I'm maybe thinking, hey, I've got an hour before the team comes in for the ceremony. Maybe I should learn a little bit about them. Right. Just Cause cause like I'm pretty sure hour. most of those players, they come during the, the season and then they go back to their homes for a little while before the next season. And it's not necessarily in the United States. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't even know if they have voting rights. Right. (laughs) But all of our players who do live here, who do have voting rights, he's not inviting. What is that saying? (laughs) Like. Well, I mean, 
that's crazy the fact that that you just brought the brought that up they are have we, we how we've been talking about it they don't have voting rights but he's inviting them to the oval office what what about so then big... so then it's just a national team that won so then why does it matter that a few players on another national team don't want to come like why should yeah. that be his stance that that kind of brings up another issue is this whole immigration issue why is it why is it okay for the Trump to invite these players? Yeah, they are national champions, don't get me wrong. What they can be at the White House, not have immigration standing there saying anything, but the rest of the country can be terrified. Another issue. Yeah. I don't think we can go into that one. I don't think uh, we that, have enough time. Yeah. That's that's going really deep into everything. But. This would be a five hour <laughs> podcast. We could keep this going and going I and know. going, I tell you. Oh, my God. The Trump, the Trump, the Trump. So as we've been discussing for the past hour, it's clear to see that there is a monumental shift in what has been considered an American tradition. It's going to be really interesting as time continues in this presidential term to witness what the athletes will actually do. Will they, act, will they take a political stance against the Trump's new or already expressed beliefs? Or will they go to the Oval Office because they have earned a seat at the table? I mean, it's going to be really difficult to say. And I think one of my biggest questions is, is there going to be a drastic change when we have a new commander-in-chief? If teams are going to be attending this invitation to the White House, or is this going to be an American tradition that has reached its end? We just want to thank everyone for joining us today. We hope that you have enjoyed listening to us and maybe you could answer the question for us. To visit the Oval Office or not to visit? That is the question. 